go. Four sticks on this Wednesday morning. Uh, on my reconditioned Aria guitar, uh, I haven't played a song using this guitar yet. In fact, I haven't played this guitar for about 20 years. It's one of the first guitars I got, and it's a beautiful guitar, but it, I got it too young, I never looked after it. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, I took it down to a really cool guitar shop near my house, and the guys uh, refretted it, changed all the frets, uh, planed it down, and then he said it was in great condition. It's Jap Japanese guitar from the 60s, and it's built really thick, really thick wood on it. Um, and it's come up beautifully, it just sounds great. As you, can, as you can hear yourself with Four Sticks by Led Zeppelin. There we go. All right, um, I might stick these back on. Doesn't feel natural doing it without them. There we go. Um, so, welcome to Pushing Rubber podcast number 21, I think. Hang on. I haven't even got my SoundCloud stuff up. Let me check here. I'm pretty sure it's 21. Is it 21? Yes, it is. Thank you very much. Um, so, oh, first of all, book update. Uh, Run Guts, Paul Cones, uh, hit number one in a uh, new release in its, in its category, which was nice. Um, it's dropped back a bit. And then it's, it's weird. I had a, a whole bunch of sales in the first days, and it just it fell off a cliff. And then yesterday, it's really, really picked up again. So, um, not sure what's going on there. Um, heard back from a few people that said I love it, which is great. So, if you haven't picked it up yet, go and pick it up. Support me in the lifestyle with which I uh, have chosen to live. Um, and you'll love it. It's a, just a great read. And, and you'll be inspired to be more masculine. Um, to bang lots of chicks. So... Run Guts, Pull Cones on Amazon now. Uh, most of my sales, actually, the vast majority of my sales have been in the States and Australia. Europe has been disappointing me. So come on, you Europeans. Get out there. Grab the book. It's on Amazon.uk. It's there. Support Mr. Adam. Uh, today's, today's post is going to be about language and about off offensive language. Um, because uh, I love I love offensive language. Um, there's nothing I enjoy more than pissing people off when they deserve it. I mean, I don't go around it. I'm, I'm actually a really nice guy. You meet me in person, I'll just be like, oh yeah, blah, 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 blah. Um, but if you start opening your mouth and proving you're a complete idiot and expecting everyone else around you to remain silent and to then uh, condone and partake in your idiocy, uh, then I uh, feel the need to quickly protest. And my way of protesting this is to point out that you're actually, in fact, a dumb fuck. Um, and I do this in a very um, well-reasoned and intelligent way, which infuriates the dumb fucks beyond belief. In fact, I had an altercation last week with a, um, a ridiculous woman um, who, 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 I was at a drink session and on meeting her, one of the first things she sat across from me, one of the first things she said to me was that she was a feminist. <sighs> Upper middle class, 
late forties, has kept herself in shape. Um, husband works his self to the bone to provide her with everything she wants, uh, so she can go out and spend her money. And she declares one of the first things she does is declares that she's a feminist, which means her life is a big, you know, empty shithole. Uh, and so she's got to latch onto some sort of fucking uh, cause. And of course, uh, well, first off, feminism is cancer for everyone concerned, not just men. So I've got a particular dislike for feminists, but I've got a particular dislike for women who do it. Uh, I mean, if if you're a, like a three on the hot scale, you're butt ugly, you've got blue hair, you've got no chance of... If feminism's all you could reasonably expect to have, well, then I can kind of understand it. Doesn't mean I condone it. Doesn't mean I condone it. But I can kind of, I can kind of understand it. But if you're an upper middle class fucking woman who's been given everything your whole fucking life and to come out and say, I'm a feminist, just, uh, it just, it causes the red mist to descend on Mr. Adam. So I didn't let her off the hook and I slowly but steadily peeled away her um, bullshit reasoning um, bit by bit by bit. And it took about an hour and a half until she realised that I actually was seriously, seriously having a go. Never raised my voice. I was steadily drinking Jack Daniels at the time and I had just had a root canal with a whole bunch of anaesthetics so that might have had something to do with what happened afterwards but eventually her husband who was sitting next to us felt the need to step in because he's a pussy whipped beta male not because I was being nasty to his wife I just wasn't putting up with the shit so he had to step in to you know uh, keep up appearances Uh, he started making all sort of bizarre threats to me bizarre threats um, I would have been happy with a physical threat, um, but just bizarre threats. Stuff like, uh, I thought you were someone, you know, and uh, you had a chance and you blew it. And I'm just like, what? I don't, what? I don't, who are you? What? It was ridiculous. Guys, if you're, if you're going out, if you're thinking of going out with a woman, of actually having any sort form of contact with her, physical or otherwise. In fact, the only reason to be with a woman is physical contact, so what are we talking about? And they say it's a, they're a femo, but it's just time to get up and leave. I mean, just walk out. If you're at a, if you're at a bar with a girl or a restaurant and you've ordered some food or whatever, and she says to you, I'm a feminist, just have a look, slowly pick up your napkin, wipe the corners of your mouth, don't say a fucking word, by the way, Put the napkin down, push yourself back from the table, stand up and walk out, let her pay for the fucking bill. That's the same as if they're using their phone. If they're, if they're, if they're scrolling on their phone, if they're typing on their phone, oh, it's something important. If they're speaking on the phone, napkin, dab the corners of your mouth, napkin on the table, push yourself back. Don't say a fucking word, go. That's the last contact you'll ever have with her as she picks up the fucking bill for the bottle of crystal champagne which you ordered. 
Uh, oh, if she uh, if she says anything about the patriarchy, she says the word patriarchy. Napkin, corners of the mouth, napkin on the table, push away, nice and calm, stand up. Nice and calm, hey, nice and calm. Don't say a fucking word, go. Um, I wish there was a patriarchy. If there was a patriarchy, I'd be like, how can I sign up? How can I get on board? I'd like some of the uh, I'd like some of this patriarchy uh, stuff that they're complaining about at the time because if these types of women are complaining about it, it must be fucking awesome. But no, there's no patriarchy. What can we say? What can we say? So, uh, femo is a is an abusive is abusive term. Um, there are lots of abusive terms out there today. And I found on the David Thompson blog uh, this morning a link uh, to, as he calls it, an extensive list of potentially offensive words and expressions that you probably shouldn't use on pre-watershed television. Pre-watershed television, I had to look this up, by the way. Pre-watershed television is uh, anything before 9pm. And this, this study, this extensive study, done with a variety of stakeholders, as they describe it. Fuck me. Uh, it was done in the UK. So I was happy that I only had to Google one word out of this extensive list. Um, it's from a place called Ofcom. And here's, here's, I'll link this in the show notes. Ofcom hopes that this document will provide all stakeholders... I'll get back to that word, by the way. But broadcasters in particular, with useful information about how acceptable or unacceptable, in general terms, viewers and listeners regard specific potentially offensive words and gestures. Gestures as well. Well, this isn't a YouTube or a video, so I can't do the gestures for them. They go on about context, but really, if, as far as they're concerned, if you use any of this, these words, you're a bad person, bad speak. Uh, by the way, my book, my second book, is chock full of them. <laughs> I'm pleased to know I've even got a few words in there that they ha- they weren't able to come up with themselves. Anyway. So uh, let's get to the words. General swear words and body parts. So they've got the word and then they've got their acceptability, acceptability or not. So these are in uh, alphabetical order. We're going to get through all of them. Word. Ass. You're an ass. Nah, I don't use that. Mild language, generally of little concern. Oh, that's good. So we can use that in cartoons. Asshole. Medium language, potentially unacceptable pre-watershed. More aggression or specific intent, intent to hurt heightens impact. You're an asshole, mate. Yeah, that's good. Balls. I thought this was something you played games with. Like Cricket. Apparently not. Medium language, potentially unacceptable pre-watershed, particularly vulgar or sexual use heightens the impact, especially for women. Balls. What? What? This is what? Ah, Bastard. This is an interesting one because bastard, like in the pre-1950s, 1960s, if you were born out of wedlock, you called someone a bastard to be born out of wedlock, particularly if they had been born out of wedlock. This was a big deal. 
And then into the 80s, this you're a bastard, mate. Nothing, no one would even blink. But now, apparently, strong language, generally unacceptable pre-watershed, more aggression or specific intent to hurt heightens impact, less problematic when used to refer indirectly to someone who is cruel or nasty. Oh, so if there's someone's actually a bastard, you're allowed to call them a bastard, that's okay. This is interesting. Could it be the fact that marriages and parenting and the family unit has broken down so much that they don't want to be reminded of what they've done. Next, beaver. <laughs> I love that word. I think it's great. Strong language, generally unacceptable pre-watershed, seen as vulgar and distasteful, especially by women. Even more reason to use it. Beef curtains. <laughs> now, now, if you haven't come across beef curtains before, um, here, I'll, I'll explain it to you this way. If you want to, if you want to talk about going down on a woman, we call it parting the beef curtains. Mm -hmm. Just like another term for a virgin is a tunnel waiting to be explored. Anyway, beef curtains, strong language, generally unacceptable pre-watershed, low recognition, <laughs> seen as vulgar and, and distasteful, especially by women. Now, here's one I've never heard of before. Bellend. Bellend. Uh, strong language generally seen by some as a childish word, often said in jest. So it's strong language, but a childish word. I don't get it. Uh, more aggression or specific intent to hurt heightens impact. You'll have to Google that one. I don't know what that means. Bint. You're a stupid bint. Medium language seen as potentially derogatory by women. But men also find the word problematic. Problematic, interesting because it's the Arabic word for girl. Bitch, uh, medium language, more aggression or specific intent to hurt heightens impact. Uh, here's a good one: blood clat, spelt blood and then C L A T. Mm. Uh, strong language, low recognition, no shit. Among those familiar, seen as vulgar and crude, strongly disliked by women when meaning disgust. <laughs> so women don't understand it, but when you but when you point it out to them, they get then when you say, well it actually means this. Oh my god, I'm highly offended, but you didn't know what it meant. So how could it It's a Jamaican word, uh, and it's it's when clothes were used by women in terms of menstruation. There you go. Bloody Mild language, frequently used in everyday language to express emotion, so that's fine. Bollocks, uh, not generally offensive. Bugger, mild language, frequently used in everyday language to express emotion, making a mistake. Uh, bullshit, medium language. Older participants more likely consider the word unacceptable. Here's a good one, which you, um, you probably haven't heard before. Clunge clunge so uh, a woman's genitals or a person's buttocks or anus clunge any of you ever use the word clunge obviously seen as vulgar and distasteful especially by women cock strong language uh, seen as vulgar and distasteful by many uh, less problematic when used in a humorous context. You're a cock, mate. They haven't got cock head. Cow. 
Commonly viewed as a humorous insult. Okay, cool, we can use that. You stupid cow. Crap, mild language, generally a little concern. Cunt. Strongest language. Vulgar derogatory and shocking for both men and women. Especially distasteful and offensive to women and all participants. Uh, it's an interesting word, this one. Cunt's one of those words where uh, it's literally at two opposite ends of the spectrum. So if you use it with almost any... Anyone, this is about as bad as it gets. However, with guys who are very good mates, it becomes a total word of endearment. So, g'day, cunt. How you going? You've, you're, you, 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 in, that, in that context, you're so familiar with the other male, you're such good friends, that, it's broke, that there are no barriers. That's, that's what the communication there is. Uh, making the mistake of, of being amongst a bunch of men, uh, and this was the case with me with rafting guides, we'd use this word all the time with each other. Um, so we'd get up in the morning in, in the guide's house saying, you get morning cunt, morning cunt, 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 hey cunt, cunt, g'day cunt. And then going back into the normal world, after a couple of years of that, I remember I was at a bar and I in, in Perth and I'd flown back from Uganda I should have put this in the second book. I forgot about this. Um, and I, I, there was some work in the bar that I used to work with before, and I thought I was really good mates with him. But I went, hey, cunt, how are you going? And he just fucking, the look on his face, he never spoke to me again, which was all right, because by his reaction, he was just a cunt. Damn, mild language and a little concerned. Dick, strong language, seen as vulgar and distasteful by many, less problematic uh, when used in a humorous context and generally considered slightly milder than cock. It's weird that these are... Oh, they've got dickhead, which is uh, less problematic when used in a humorous context. Mm. Fanny. Now, fanny is just like the mildest possible word you could ever get for the female uh, anatomy. And But here, strong language, seen as crude, particularly by women. Are you seeing... Are you seeing a... Um, a pattern here. So anything to do with female form is strongly offensive to women and very strong language. Anything to do with the male form is just generally unacceptable across the board. So women get offended by everything. Feck, feck, spelled F-E-C-K. Uh, this is, um, uh, used to be on, on forums and message boards. Instead of writing the word fuck, you could write feck. And it's kind of like the Irish, you call it as the Irish pronunciation of the word fuck. What the fuck? What the fuck? Uh, anyway, they're saying here older participants more likely to consider the word unacceptable. Flaps. I thought that was something on an aeroplane. Uh, strong language, seen as crude and often derogatory, particularly by women. Fuck. Strongest language, seen as strong, aggressive, and vulgar. Uh, older participants more likely. Gash. Strong language, seen as crude and often derogatory, particularly by women. Ginger. So ginger would be someone who's a redhead. Mild language, typically viewed as a humorous insult. Oh, really? Git, uh, humorous insult. God, so God as in deity. Uh, oh, God. Mild language, uh, some recognition may offend religious people, religiously sensitive participants. Blah, blah, blah. God damn, something. Jesus Christ, blah, blah, blah. Uh, by the way, they haven't got any, uh, anything about Buddhas or Muhammads in here, but they're fine with Christianity. Nob. <clears throat> strong language seen as vulgar and distasteful by many once again 
Uh, slightly more than cock. Minge. It's another word for um, your fanny. Strong language, seen as crude enough and derogatory, particularly by women. Minger. Mild language, more unpleasant than offensive. Motherfucker. Strongest language, vulgar, derogatory, and shocking for both men and women. Shocking. Seen as very aggressive when intended to hurt or offend. Uh, Manta. <laughs> I like it. Uh, medium language. Uh, specific intent to hurt heightens impact. Oh, pissed off. Medium language. What the hell? You're pissed or you're pissed off is medium language. What the hell? Prick. Strong language. Uh, here's one. This one I've got to Google. Can't even spell it. Looks like some sort of Indian. Poonani. 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 Uh, Hawaiian. Poonani. Uh, female genitals. Well, we can guess what uh, the description on this is going to be. Uh, strong language. <coughs> oh. Uh, not always recognized. There we go. Pussy. Strong language. Uh, seen as vulgar and detasteful when used to refer to the vagina. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit. Strong language. Concerns about children learning the world. What planet are they on? Snatch. Strong language. Seen as vulgar and distasteful by many. They haven't got the women bit there, though. Sod off. Mild language. Son of a bitch. Medium language. Tits. Medium language. Twat. Strong language. Vulgar, detasteful. Refer to the vagina. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. So those are all the... Those are all the... Let me just scroll up here. There's a lot of them, eh? General swear words and body parts. We haven't finished yet. I hope you're studying, because there's going to be a test at the end of this. Sexual references. Bonk. One of my favourite words to describe uh, uh, the doing it. So they've got bonk, buck cake. Buck cake. Uh, it's like making a cake out of bottoms, I assume. Cocksucker, dildo, hoe, jizz, nonce, prick teaser, and rapey. That's it for sexual references. What about playing hide the sausage? Making the beast with two backs, bumping uglies. They're just not, they're not using their imagination, are they? Uh, rapey, that was a good one. Shag, skank, slag, slapper, slut, tart, wanker, and whore. Uh, most of those, I'm not gonna read out all, the, all of the, um, you can, you can, it's just like they've copied and pasted because uh, skank, strong language, uh, seen as potentially insulting by women, and just on and on and on and on and on with all of those, apart from a few like wanker. Um, but for the most part, that's what it is. Uh, they've got some offensive gestures in there. So uh, blowjob, middle finger, two fingers, two fingers with tongue and wanker fing uh, acceptability. And then the Iberian slap, which I had to look up. Uh, older people, some of these are good. So words that describe an older person, coffin dodger. <laughs> and FOP, which stands for um, fucking old person. And old bag, uh, they've got all this acceptability stuff in there, but who cares about that? Oh, religion, we do have religion. So Fenian, Kaffir, um, Kike, Papist. So Northern Ireland one, Prod, Northern Ireland one, Tag, Northern Ireland one, Yid. Nothing about Muslims in there. I wonder why. 
sexual orientation and gender gender identity. <laughs> Batty boy. Strongest strongest language possible. Highly unacceptable without strong contextualization. Seen to as derogatory to gay men and highly offensive, especially among black people. Duke, what are you doing? Out of there now. That's my cat. All right, we've got to look this one up. Batty boy. Uh, a homosexual man. Oh. Uh, batty boy, Wikipedia, love free. Oh, look, they're not begging for money today. Uh, it's a Jamaican and Creole word. Uh, and apparently Jamaica is the worst place in America for gay people. One of the most homophobic places in the world. Sex between men is punishable with up to 10 years in jail, where I assume when you're in there you can have a lot of sex between men. Uh, there we go. Apparently that's a really bad word. Bender. Uh, strong language. Bumboy. Bumclat. Never heard of that one. Bummer. A chi-chi man. Strongest language, highly unacceptable with that strong contextualization. Now, this is one I had to look up. This is a Jamaican one. Apparently, a, a chi-chi is a small insect that burrows into things. There you go. Chick with a dick. Dyke, standard. Faggot, standard. Fairy, standard. Fudge packer, pretty standard in Australia. Gay, eh, gender bender. Uh, interestingly enough... A lot of these words that they're saying now are not are not acceptable were ap- appropriated themselves by the gay community. So, gender bender, strong this language, highly unacceptable. That strong contextualization, seeing as derogatory trans gender people and highly offensive. One thing I notice about this is that the the worst possible uh, swear words or offensive words here are the, those against transvestites. I mean, no other no other. No other ones have things like highly unacceptable without strong contextualization. Uh, these uh, and seen as derogatory and highly offensive. It's just like you get. It's like oh, these words are bad. You can't use this words are bad. They might not like this. You get to you get to trannies and it's suddenly oh my fucking god. How is it that fucking people with a mental illness, a mental illness, because that's what um, being a transsexual is. You are fucking mentally ill. Now we have to literally creep around them. He, she. Strong language, generally unacceptable. Derogatory term. Homo. Strong language. Leza, lesbo. Strong language. Muff diver. One of my favourites. Nancy. Pansy. These are all pretty standard. Poof. Um, Queer. uh, Rug muncher or carpet muncher for... um, a lesbian because they're eating carpet. Uh, shirt lifter, uh, strongest language, highly unacceptable without strong contextualization, not always recognized, seeing as derogatory to came in and highly offensive. Shirt lifter, not bad. Pillow biter's pretty good, or pillow muncher. Um, they missed out pilot of the chocolate runway. That was a pretty standard one for us back in school. Um, there's lots of ones for gays that you can have that they've missed out on. They've been highly unimaginative here, I'll tell you what. Tranny. So they're all the gay ones. Uh, uh, now for my personal favourite um, section, which is mental health and physical ability. 
Cretan. Here we go. I'll read them all out. Cretan, Cripple, Div. Never heard that one. Looney. Mental. Midget. Mong. Uh, Nutter. Psycho. A retard. Schizo. Spastic, Spacker or Spaz. Special. <laughs> Vegetable. And Window Liquor. Um, they've missed out on the special bus. But uh, I'll leave that one out. Look, here's what they say about um, retard. Strongest language, highly unacceptable without strong contextualization. Seen as derogatory, highly offensive to people's mental health problems, participants across the research, highly offensive to disabled participants. <sighs> wow. Spastic. There used to be a spastic society in Australia, and now it's strongest language, highly unacceptable without strong contextualization. <laughs> Race and ethnicist. I can never say that word. There's just some words. Ethnicity. Chinky. Strongest language, highly acceptable, blah, blah. Chalk ice. Uh, so this is uh, this is a derogatory term blacks use for someone who's black, but who's actually maybe uh, so it's black on the uh, you're black on the outside, but you're white on the inside. A chalk ice. So apparently it's offensive to blacks, uh, and these are blacks who've gone out and like you know. Got jobs, made a success of them, and haven't fucked their lives up, I'm assuming. Uh, strong language, generally unacceptable, low recognition, mostly recognised by younger people and people from ethnic minorities. Seen as derogatory to black people by those familiar with the term. Why isn't it seen as derogatory to white people? Think about that. Coloured, debated language. Coon, strongest language, highly unacceptable, blah, blah, blah. We've got a cheese in Australia, and it's called coon cheese. It's a name. Darkie, Dago, Gippo, Gollywog, Gook, Jock, Honky, Hun, Jap, Kraut, Nazi. This one's interesting. Nazi, mild language, generally a little concern. Acceptable as a factual description when discussing Germany under Hitler and also subsequent extreme right-wing groups. Acceptable. Oh, you're a Nazi, mate. You're just a Nazi. So the thing is that these days, anyone who's right of, of, well, anyone who's just not of the left, because no one's in the centre anymore, is, is basically described as, 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 a, as, as a, an extremist. So generally acceptable, wow. Which is it's just really ironic because the, the Nazis were national socialists. They were, they were lefties through and through. Ah. <sighs> Negro, nigger, nignog. What about ningnong? It's much more interesting. Packy, pikey, Polak, raghead, sambo, uh, slope, spade, spick, taff, and wog. Once again, nothing about muzzies. Wop as well. So there you go. Uh, I'll post a link up to that. Uh, obviously, it's a lot of bullshit, uh, but it's just, it's just fun to... Uh, to debate and work out. And uh, I'm happy to say quite a number of those words are in my new book. Uh, buy it now on Amazon.com. Um, there are, there is an also a really interesting thing I saw today um, on a an article in the Times. Um, 
This is still on the uh, subject of language. So, you know. uh, so this is today. Here's the headline. Uh, I'll put the link to this in the uh, show notes as well. But remember, it is behind a paywall. So standard paywall rules apply. You click on it and then have to just pick out the title in the link that says subscribe and then copy and paste that title into your different search engine. So, you know, use, use have, we all have three or four search engines up at any one time and then you'll be able to read it. So internet lexicon hijacked by alt-right, in inverted commas, to be used as racist slurs. Hmm. Okay, so here, here's the article. Words such as Google, Skype, and Yahoo have become part of our daily lexicon in the internet age, but these terms are also being used for a more sinister purpose as part of a racist codes. Uh, in an effort to bypass the automatic censorship of racist terms on some social media sites and search engines, like Google, racists in the US have started using seemingly innocent words in their place. No, they weren't seemingly innocent, they were purposely chosen. The code uses Googles to refer to black people, Skypes for Jewish people, Yahoo's for Mexican, Skittle is used for Muslims. Uh, the new vocabulary has sprung up among the self-styled alt-right in the US whose adherents typically consider mainstream conservative politicians to be too weak on issues such as immigration. It has been linked to white supremacy groups. Uh, and they go on about they go on about Trump a little bit. Um, so what's, what's fascinating, so this is October 5th. This has come up. Now, Chateau Hartiste, um, Chateau Hartiste had a post about this, and I've got it up here because I've prepared myself this time. Um, back on September twenty third. Now that's less than two weeks ago, uh, because this originated on four chan. And it originated on 4chan on September the 22nd. So it originated on 4chan September 22nd, and they specifically used Google. It wasn't like a random, seemingly innocent words as the time described. Um, Chateau Hartiste then posted about it on the 23rd, Hunting the Hunters, and I'll, I'll link all these up as well. Less than two weeks later, it's in the Times. That's the, that's the quickest mainstream cross um, of Manosphere alt-right stuff that I have ever seen. Um, that's the quickest mainstream cross of something that is very underground on the internet that I've been involved with or have knowledge of ever, ever. And I've been on the internet since day dot. Um, first dial-up, 1993, I think it was. Australia to London, we were checking it out. So I've been on it since day dot. Uh, that's the quickest I've ever seen this sort of thing take off, which tells me... Now, obviously, it has a lot to do with the, 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 the present election in the US because they do reference Trump a bit, and, of course, these, these guys are all uh, supporting Trump. Um, but it's still phenomenal, the crossover, which means that uh, the alt-right is being really watched closely, really, really, really watched closely at this point. Uh, and make of that, um, make of that as you will. Make of that as you will. Um, who knows if they're going to start? I mean, they can't censor Google, um, but I'll post those links up. Now, I said I'd speak about stakeholders 
The, the other type of offensive language that I don't like is bureaucratic management language that has seeped its way like a cancer into our uh, public language and is just, is just... I mean, words like uh, enhance. Uh, we're going to enhance your customer experience. What the fuck does that mean? Why can't they just say, we're going to do our job better? Uh, my, our marriage was enhanced when my husband, you know what I mean? It's not a verb. Key. Now, what, key what? It's a key issue. It's a key strategy. It's a key decision. It's a key commitment. We have made a key decision to have a key commitment to key strategize our key stakeholders. <laughs> Can you feel your brain melting? Same with core. It's a core policy. It's a core issue. It's a core promise. It's a core strategy. No, it's non-core. I've got non-core strategies and I've got core strategies. <sighs> Strategic? Strategic. I have a strategic non-course strategy to enhance the knowledge of our stakeholder database. Tell me what I just said in English. Uh, Prioritise. What about that one? It's a good one, isn't it? No, it's not. It sucks. Uh, I'm going to prioritise uh, my marriage to you. What does that mean? Uh, issues, you can do the same thing, core issue, non-core issue, uh, key issue, so we're combining things. Empower, empower. Jesus empowered Lazarus by raising him from the dead. There you go. That's not mine, by the way, I stole that from someone. Uh, going forwards, we're always going forwards. We're going forwards. We're going forwards. I've got some management speak here. Let's have a let's have a look at this. Um, here's a speech from the Human Rights and Equal Opportunity Commission in Australia. This requires a commitment to the provision of adequate data so that informed evaluation can occur. There must be a commitment to the provision of statistical information that will facilitate effective monitoring and evaluation strategies, and a commitment to the implementation of changes that are identified as necessary following evaluation. <gasps> Notice the word commitment. Oh, we're going to make a commitment to you. We're going to commit. What does that mean? I'm, I'm going to commit to... Uh, you, so you're going to do it? No, I'm committing to it. So you're going to do it? No, I'm committing to doing it. So you're going to do it? No, no, no. I have a commitment to do it. A commitment. Is that more than doing? Well, it's a commitment. I found myself in my last year or so uh, working as a in the offshore oil and gas industry as starting to actually write like this. Thank God I haven't, I didn't devolve into speaking like that. But I got out once I realised I was writing like that. And that was a post that I did the other day, actually, on the debate. Um, and I did a post on, um, let's have a look at it here. Hang on, where is it? Uh, management speak in the presidential debate. And basically what I said is that um, this management speak that I've just been talking about here is now, is now standard language communication for the elite, the cloud people, those in politics, those in the beltway, those in media, 
particularly, journalists, talking heads. This is language they can understand. And the point of my post is that Clinton in the debate with Trump used this language, right? But to the ordinary person, their eyes glaze over. Trump doesn't use this language. Trump uses normal language to speak to normal people, which is why in the debate, every, every media organisation voted Hillary Clinton the winner because she speaks their language. Whereas Trump was declared the winner in all the polls by the general population. Something to think about coming into the election. So there you go. Bit of offensive language for you. I think I'll call this... Oh, what was my bloody... What was my... Uh, what was my... What's the best word I can use to describe this? I've got to pick one of these words to describe this episode. Um, uh, the Munter episode? That's not bad. The Poonanny? No one will know what that means. Um, the Nonce episode? Uh, the Slapper. She's a slapper. I use that in my book, by the way. Slapper. Uh, I don't know. I'll pick one. I'll pick one. A coffin dodger. That's that's a pretty that's a pretty good one actually. Um, maybe one of the the retard ones. Uh, the gender bender episode. Well, I'm not talking about homosexuals though. Um, I'll think of one. Shout outs, Captain Clary, um, who's been gallivanting around the United States at the moment with all of his other uh, blogging mates getting up to no good. It looks like they're having a great time. Uh, kind of made me feel left out. But I've never, I've never been to the States, by the way. Never been to the US. Canada, obviously. But I've never been to the States. Anyway, it doesn't sound like it's worth going there now. You've got, like, riots in the streets. and you know, Isn't that, isn't that weird? You know, like, uh, uh, black cop uh, shoots black criminal thug piece of shit and black community rights and destroys white businesses and attacks white people. How long is Whitey going to put up with this? How long is Whitey going to put up with this? I don't know. Anyway, uh, shout out to Cappy over at cappycapitalism.com. Um, go and see him if you've got any issues that you need resolved on his asshole consulting. He did a particularly funny one that I caught this week of a young man who said basically, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, uh, I've just graduated from college in the United States with a business degree and I'm $100,000 in debt. What do I do? And Cappy looked at him and went, you're fucked. I like that. I thought that was very good. Uh, so go and check out the good Cappy and um, support him because uh, he does great work. Uh, buy his books. He's got his new book out at the moment, Reconnaissance Man. Go to my blog, Pushing Rubber Downhill. It's there on the sidebar. Uh, you can check out my books. First book, Pushing Rubber Downhill, um, which is about... Uh, oh, I've just added a subtitle to my book. I've added a subtitle to my book, which I, and I'm changing the, the cover, and I've also changed the description as well. Because I've got a subtitle on my new book, but I don't have... A, um, and I find that, that really, it's really helping people understand what it is. So Pushing Rubber Downhill and a, and a photo of a raft on it, people are looking and going, well, what is that? You know, Even though it's self-sold well. But... The subtitle is A Journey to Manhood via Whitewater Adventures, which took me a very long time to come up with. Oh, my God, did I go through a whole bunch. A Journey to Manhood via Whitewater Adventures. Um, and I changed, I changed the back cover blurb on it as well. 
uh, on pushing rubber downhill. So the back cover blurb now is this. And the one I had before, so I've got to change the back of the book as well, which I'm doing today. Always order a witch doctor from the eastern part of Uganda if you want to get the best results. A predicament that Adam Piggott was not expecting to find himself in when he accepted a job as a rafting guide in deepest, darkest Africa. But the unexpected becomes the new normal when he chucks away his life to ride across Australia on a motorbike chasing a girl and in the process winds up, winds up in situations that he never imagined. From the tropical rainforests of northern Australia to the mountain rivers of British Columbia, the mighty Ugandan White Nile and finally the cultural wonderland of the Italian Alps, pushing rubber downhill explores one, yank, one young man's desire to make something of his life by doing the unbelievable. So that's much better than... Uh, these back cover blurbs are hard. They're hard. So that's pushing rubber downhill. And then, of course, Run Guts Pull Cones, um, with the subtitle being A Rafting Adventure in the Italian Alps, uh, which is a standalone book. You don't need to have read Pushing Rubber Downhill to grab it. Uh, and he, I'll tell you, here's a back cover blurb for Run Guts Pull Cones. Returning home broke after six years of adventure abroad, Adam Pickett finds himself cast adrift. His friends aren't interested in his stories of witch doctors and white water, <clears throat> and he's working a dead-end job just to make ends meet. Until a chance encounter at a restaurant and a frank talk from a good friend force him to the realisation that being a man isn't about having one unique experience and coming home. It's about living for adventure and growing as a man. Hijinks and mayhem ensue as the gentleman adventurer, that's me, sets off for new horizons and a new challenge, forging bonds of brotherhood on the rivers of the Italian Alps. Uh, that was not written by me. That was written by one of my commenters on my blog, Joe, uh, who proofread my book. And he and I were going back and forth on um, the back cover blurb. And I was showing him how much I was having a problem with his. And he said, let me have a shot. And he came up with that. I think I changed two words. Good on you, Joe. Fucking legend. This has been the 21st episode of Pushing Rubber Podcast. Uh, I hope you all have a wonderful day. Um, and um, stay safe, kiddies, and I'll see you next week. Ciao.